Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Wow, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today on a youth Sunday? Who would have thought us seasoned saints, you know, I'm getting old now, turning 26 next month, man. I know. 30, 30 is knocking at my door. But I just thank God. I, I'm, I am blessed beyond measure. I feel like God gives me these moments where I don't know if it's spiritually, I don't know if it's like just a moment in time where I kind of go from coach mode to being like the season ticket holder. And let me explain myself why I say that. It's like being in ministry and pouring into people, you know, that's a part of what I've been called to do as a son of God. But being able to sit back and watch God move through all of these youth's lives, I can't take credit for it. I can't say it's been the preaching or the worship or whatever it may be, but it's the fact that these youth felt comfortable enough for God to operate through their lives. Guess what? That, when Alicia felt the need to speak that word, that wasn't necessarily saying, Alicia, uh, at this part, you're going to say this and you're going to say that, and then everybody's going to go crazy. No, that was the spirit of God telling her what to say. The fact that while we were worshiping, Noah comes up to me and taps me on my shoulder. God is telling me to say something. Amen. Let's do it. Let me encourage that in you because when you go out there on the streets, when you're not amongst the brethren, when people are hating on you, when people are against you, you want to have that same confidence to speak the word of God. So that's what we cultivate here at our church at the Building Christian Fellowship. So I'm happy that you guys are here. Parents, I'm happy that you're here. Great job. Youth, can we give it up for your parents real quick for just a moment? We're in this together. We're in this together. We are in this together. Parents, we want to make it very clear to you that you are not alone. We know they're knuckleheads. We know they don't listen. We know they don't do their homework. When we're, in, when we're at Elevate, we're like, hey, who has summer school? Why? Why are you in summer school? I asked this question. I said, are you in summer school because you have to be or because you want to be? 99% of the time, it's because I have to be. But trust me, man, we're, we're in here building the kingdom, amen? We're going to get straight to the word. I don't preach for very long. But turn with me to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. And if you're familiar with this text, if you're familiar with this miracle, it's Jesus' very first miracle where he turns water into wine. Anybody familiar with that today? Amen. When you get there, say, I'm there. If you haven't got there yet, say, hold on, bro. And if you're looking up at the Sky Bible, God bless you. John chapter 2 from the New King James Version. Starting from verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and they ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. We can't have party without the liquor. (laughs) Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. 
Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, I'm coming from this thought, this text. Um, I almost forgot my title already, Alex. Pouring out my entitlement. Pouring out my entitlement. Can you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you, God, that you are powerful enough to use somebody like me. I'm praying that I get out the way and that your word reigns true in this place, Lord God, that people are set free, that, that, that lives are changed, that, that, that destinies are changed for the better, Lord God. In all these things I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Like I had said before, I'm a really blessed man. I'm turning 26 next month. I, I'm telling you, when I was elevated age, I was not thinking about 26. Little did I know I would be married for, three, I'd be three years married. My beautiful wife is on the front, Erica. Like I said, I can't take credit. I get to serve alongside her. I get to work with her. And um, I also get the honor of being able to serve with my parents, our pastors, Pastor John and Pastor Kyle Butcher. Can we give them a hand real quick? Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Without their yes, this wouldn't be possible. Right now, Pastor John is over in Vacaville preaching at a, a friend's church. So I'm, I'm saying that you guys, I am asking that you guys pray with him that, you know, people are set free there like they're being set free here. Amen. And like I was saying, I'm blessed. I wasn't thinking about me being at 26, three years married, and not just three years married, but we have a one-and-a-half-year-old. And, a and, and she's kind of at that point where it's scaring me. Like, I don't know if you guys kind of have those moments in life where, like, certain things happen. Like, for instance, for me, seeing Noah and Alicia graduating high school this year, I remember when they were, like, just starting middle school. And now they're, like, adults. They're grown. Like, anytime Alicia gets a haircut, I'm like, just stop growing up, please. You don't need a grown-up haircut. Don't do that. Don't do that. But I'm having that moment with my daughter. See, I, I don't want to be the parent. You know, you don't want to be that parent to be like, yeah, my daughter's advanced. Like, you don't want to be that parent. Like, bro, chill. Everybody says their daughter's advanced. But she's smart. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't beat around the bush. My daughter is smart. Like, she's walking. She's talking. She eats everything in sight. And what's even crazier, she started potty training this week. Lord Jesus, and I'm not saying Lord Jesus because I'm scared that she's getting old, but it's the fact that she keeps peeing on the floor, and I'm just like, <sighs> we're renting. <laughs> but I, I love these moments I get to have with her. I think, like, right now is my favorite time because I get to play with her. Like, she's finally gets to the point where she can sit down, we can watch a movie together, and what we really, really, really like to do is eat together. We love eating together. That's my food buddy. Anytime I'm eating, she's right there like, some, some, some food, more please, more food, please. Like she knows how to sign and everything. So there's a particular day where I'm doing work in my studio and I'm getting stuff done. And it's like right around lunchtime, I'm like, Eric and the baby are downstairs. Why don't I go downstairs, have lunch with my family? So I go downstairs, the baby's already eating, Sesame Street is on, and she's eating some leftovers and some chicken and rice. Something simple, loves chicken and rice. So... I go in the refrigerator, got some leftover hot links, you know what I'm saying? Reheat them like, you know, hot links, for whatever reason, are better like the day after, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what it is. But let me, let me give you a tip, a pro tip, you ready? Hot links and wavy lays. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. It might not be good for you, but it's good to you. Amen. But hot links and wavy lays. But anyways, I go to sit next to my daughter, watch Sesame Street with her. And she's eating, and she's throwing a tantrum. She's like, she knows how to sign like I was telling you guys. She's saying, all done, all done, all done, all done. Get me out, all done, all done. 
So mom gets her out. She's like kind of throwing attention. She kind of relaxes. She's walking around. She looks up at me, usually before. She comes to me and says, Daddy, chips? Have some chips? Please? Some? Some? Have some, please? Some? And her mom quickly says, no, if you didn't want to eat the chicken and rice, you ain't going to eat no chips. How many people are raised like that? Like, as soon as mom sets the, 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 the plate on the table, as soon as grandma sets the plate on the table, if you don't want to eat it, guess what? You ain't hungry. I know I've been through that. Like, I've been, I remember being a kid trying to, like, like, tell my mom or tell my grandma, like, yeah, I don't really want to have chicken and fried cabbage. Can I just make a sandwich? She's like, you ain't hungry then. Better eat that fried cabbage. And so Mariah is in the situation. She's throwing a tantrum because her mom had said no. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, please, chips, some, some. And, and I was like, you know what? You know, being in, in, in good order, agreeing with my wife, being a parent, being unified, I said no. Mom said no, it's no. That was just a tip for you parents. Parenting unified. Don't let your child manipulate you. And so she's asking, she's asking for chips. I'm like, no, no, no. And this might seem like a really simple situation, but I feel like God speak to me in a deep moment at that point. Even though it was simple, even though my daughter was just asking for some chips, I saw myself in the situation. In the point where who are we as children of God, as sons and daughters, to make suggestions to the person that created us? Like, Mariah had a legitimate need. Mariah was hungry. I'm her parent. I'm supposed to supply her needs, and we did. Chicken and rice, you better eat it. But even in her emotion, in her emotion, she felt like she could make the call on what she needs. The same way we are put in the position where we're like, you know what, God, you might be going through something hard. I'm not trying to say that you're not. I'm not trying to say that you can't petition to God and tell him what you need. But listen, our hearts have to change. In order to see God through, God move through us, we have to move how God wants us to move. You might be going through sickness. You might be going through depression. You might be going through hard things. And you might be giving God a suggestion that's a really good idea. But guess what? That is not enough. We have to follow what God has for you. In John chapter 2, we have the same situation. We have to understand the difference between prescribing and presenting. Understand the difference between prescribing and presenting. Anybody know what a prescription is? Anybody take medication like me? Like you take a little bit like heart medication or cholesterol medication or maybe a little bit crazy. You take a little crazy medication. You might have a little ibuprofen. Anybody, by a show of hands, make the trip to that 24-hour pharmacy in Vacaville? Am I the only one? Anytime you make a prescription, anytime a doctor makes a prescription, he's making a suggestion to better the situation. Can we agree? So who are we, again, for us to be making a prescription to God? The God that knows all things. The God that knows the beginning from the end. And one of the hardest things that we go through as people, as man, as woman, as children of the Most High God is we only see the situation in the moment, but God sees the wider picture. In John chapter 2, we see the same situation. It reads this from verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Okay, mom's there. Cool. Now, both Jesus and his homies were invited to the wedding, and they ran out of wine. Here's the need. They ran out of wine. Pretty clear. They're out of wine. 
They're at a party. I don't know if you guys know about Jewish parties, but they lasted like seven days. Like the Jewish people were very particular, but they knew how to party. They knew how to turn up, okay? The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? Now here's some advice, gentlemen, husbands, fathers, brothers in Christ. Do not, I repeat, do not respond to your sister in Christ with woman. Don't do it. Let me save you from some heartache. Let me save you from a tough car ride home. Don't do it. My hour has not yet come. It's not time yet. It's not time. See, they may have been thinking that Jesus was going to do this like party trick, that Jesus was going to supply them this need for the moment. But that's not how God operates. Anytime God supplies your need, he's supplying your need for eternity, not for the moment. My hour is not yet come. Jesus was referring to his death and resurrection that was going to happen later. But as we move on, in our seeking after God, we have to move our heart from a place of entitlement to a place of expectation. When we move with entitlement, our belief is that we deserve privileges or special treatment. Instead of prescribing to God what we should do, uh, we, we, we should let God work out in us his perfect will and his perfect way. They have no wine. My first point is this. Miracles happen when we change our will to what God wills. Miracles happen when we change our will to what God wills. When we go from believing in what we think is right to believing in what God thinks is right. It's a change of heart. And if we come from verse 6, it says this. Now there, were set there, now there were set there six pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Now, let me paint a picture for you guys. Can you imagine, like anybody, like, you know, every now and again, have somebody over at their house. I know people at the building do. Have somebody over at their house for dinner, and, you know, your friend comes over, and they say, you know what, man, I'm really thirsty. Can you get me a glass of water? Like, sure, I'll get you a glass of water. Just give me one second. They take the glass, and they walk out to the water hose, and they fill the glass up with the water hose water, clean the glass off, and present you that glass. Some of you guys are looking like, what's wrong with that? Like, you, you can't drink out of the hose water? That's not what it was meant for. In this position, like I said before, the Jewish people were very traditional, very ritualistic. They cleaned before everything, especially meals. So can you imagine if somebody had served you dishwater to drink with? Nasty, right? That's like, if you want to go deeper with this, let, let me paint this picture too. God can use anything, anybody at any time to do his will. Anything, anybody to do his will. Now, some of you guys might be feeling like, man, I'm not qualified enough to let God use me. I've done too many dirty things to allow God to use me. I've hurt too many people to allow God to use me. God can use anything and anyone to do his perfect work inside of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says this, instead... God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. 
God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only in the Lord. Without God, we can do nothing. Nothing. Whether you choose to acknowledge him or not, you can do nothing. You think that you have made success without God? Guess what? God allowed that success. You think that you were able to live this long without God? Guess what? He made it so. God spoke it into existence. So, so if he can take the dirt from the ground and make man, what makes you think he can't take you, your dirty and rotten self, and make something pure and holy out of it? He can use you. And it's, it's not by what you can do. It's not by how educated you are. It's not by how many great things that you can do. But it's about you being susceptible to what God wills for your life. Let me be a prime example. I don't know how many times I come to Elevate on Thursdays and I'm like, God, what are we doing? <laughs> What's happening? Like even to the point where our leaders and elders, like we were having a meeting and conversation. And they were like, we've heard you say this a lot. We're getting kind of concerned. What do you mean when you say you don't know what's going on. And I was like, like, listen, let me explain myself before you get scared and I get fired or something. But when I say I don't know what's going on, I'm not saying I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't check in with your teenagers at 10 o'clock at night where they're like, JR, I just need some prayer. Could you send me a verse to help me get through? Like, I check in with the teenagers. I know what's going on at Elevate. I know what's going on at the worship team. I know what's going on with all these different things and different aspects. But when I say I don't know what's going on, I didn't expect to be here. I didn't ask to be here, but for whatever reason, God saw me fit to step into this position, and he's able to do a work inside of me. That's nothing I can take credit of. I can't take credit for the fact that our worship team worships as great as they do. I can't take credit for all the lives that have been changed through Elevate. It is God and God alone that was able to work on the inside of me, and that's the same God that can work on the inside of you. If you think that you're not fit enough to parent, maybe you didn't have a great father. Maybe you didn't have a great mother. Maybe you didn't have parents at all. Maybe you're adopted. You can still be used to be a great parent. You can still uplift a family and, and allow them to live godly. You can still be a great teacher. You can still be a great coach. You can still be a great businessman. God can use you. No matter how great we become, no matter how great our accomplishments are, we, or however many things that we achieve, we cannot forget that God is the one that put it forth. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 25 says, this foolish, the, the foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. But let's get back to our text. From verse 7, it says this, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and didn't know where it came from, but the servants who had draw, drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. Here's my next point. Our belief in our obedience is what leads to God revealing his glory. Pay very close attention to that. Our belief and our obedience is what leads to God revealing his glory. Now, they have been placed in this position, the servants, where 
Jesus is like, hey, look, take this dishwasher, put it in the thing, and I'm going to do something with it. They just as easily could have been like, Jesus, we're not doing that. Jesus, I'm not going to go talk to my coworker because I've been doing dirt in front of them, and they're not going to receive from me. Jesus, how can I parent this, this, this crazy teenager, and they've been seeing all the dirt I do at home? How can I do that? How, how, how can I be a good father when I never had a father in my life? It's about believing and following through what God has called you to do. It's not your strength. It's not your power. It is not your might, but it is by God's strength that you are able to do great things. John chapter 14 says this, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you ask anything in the name of Jesus, he'll get it done. Now let me make this very clear. This is a PSA. I know a lot of people read that verse and they're like, well, if I ask for anything, God will give it to me. Lord, give me a Bentley in Jesus' name. Lord, I need a new house for all these kids in Jesus' name. God, I, I just need a breakthrough. I need healing from this cancer in Jesus' name. I want you guys to leave with this understanding that when you ask God for something, no matter how good it is, and it's not his will, I want you guys to be able to trust in that. That if you ask for God to take something away from you and he doesn't, that you recognize the grace in your life is sufficient enough for you. That if you ask God to take away this depression and to take away these suicidal thoughts, he's like, my grace is sufficient enough for you. That if you ask God to mend this relationship, he's like, nah, she's bad for you, bruh. My grace is sufficient enough for you. Like, God, I, I, I'm so alone. If I can just get a partner to be, if I can just get that, that, that godly man or that godly woman to be with, then I'll be made whole. My grace is sufficient enough for you. Let me give you an example as a young married man. Marriage is not for everybody. Singles, you paying attention? Marriage is not for everybody. That, that's not, that's not going to heal your loneliness. That is not going to heal your loneliness. Only Jesus can be the one that heals you. Verse 10, I'm going to come to a close. If the wonderful Leilani can come up to the piano. Okay. What's your... <laughs> she boxed her out <laughs> like basketball. Verse 10. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This, pay attention, this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. He manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Can we refer back to, I think it's verse 5, where he says, what does this have to do with anything? My hour has not yet come. Like we have been saying all morning, it's God is not looking to satisfy your momentary needs. God is not looking to fulfill you for the moment. 
God is looking for relationship with you. God is looking to do life and life more abundantly with you eternally, forever. Forever. If we can all stand to our feet. This can be a really hard truth when you're going through a hard time. That's one of the hardest parts about preaching is, is having to tell somebody trusting God when they don't feel God in any point of their lives. It's tough. It's hard. It's difficult. Especially when like you're preaching, you see people's faces and they're like, I don't, I'm not with it. That's fine. But it's up to you to be obedient to what God is calling you to do. It's up to you. God is calling for you to do relationship with him. God is calling you to do life with him. God is calling you to follow his commandments. And so many of us are looking for miracles in our lives, and that's fine. It's legit. Some people are going through hard times. Some people might have a really good prescription for God. But even when he doesn't answer our prayer, we have to be able to trust in God. We have to be able to be patient. God says his hour has not yet come. Maybe your hour has not yet come. Maybe God, through your tribulation and trials, is trying to create some better character in you. I've come to a point in my life when I'm going through something hard right now, I'm like, I can only imagine next season. Next season's about to be tough. That's my joy. It's like no matter what is going on, no matter how I'm feeling, God is still good. And he's going to be good and be good and be good. No matter if I'm in the deepest of situations, no matter if I'm going through depression, because guess what? Preachers go through depression. Surprise! Leaders have suicidal thoughts. Surprise! Leaders go through dark places. Surprise! We are not up here because we are, 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 are better Christians than you. Only reason why we are up here is because we've made ourselves available for the move of God. So here's my question for you. Are you going to make yourself available? Some things aren't going to make sense. Some things you can't do A plus B equals C. It's not going to line up. But in the end... God is the one that is on the throne. In the end, we are the ones that have the victory. In the end, we know our outcome. The game is over. Let us just walk in freedom to the finish line. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time. Thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.